him praise. Give him praise. He's worthy. He's worthy. Hallelujah. Isn't it great to be here on this Sunday morning to express our appreciation for the goodness of God? I'm glad it's not only running after me, but I have experienced it many a times on this journey in this old world. Amen, amen. God bless you. Good to see you all in the house of the Lord this morning. You may be seated. Give me just a minute before we let the classes go back. Man, it is good to see all here today. It's good to have those that was been on vacation, those that's been sick, that ones that back in the house of God with us today. It's good to see each one of you back. Amen. But I want to take a moment and say thank you to all of you, and especially for Friday night, those that was uh, put forth that effort and energy and uh, just pulled together. What an awesome job that all the vehicles and their decorating and uh, doing. I'm telling you what, if you didn't get a chance to see that, you ought to ask if somebody's got some of the pictures. And uh, they've done an awesome job. It's very attractive. And man, ministering the same time of just, you know, being a fall festival, having a good time. Each one of them had its own little testimony about God and the Word of God. Man, taking every opportunity you can to sow the seed. But a thought, you just never know. You just never know the image of one of those automobiles that God allowed to sink down into someone's heart, someone's mind that can be the beginning point. Amen. A changing them and transforming them. Precept upon precept. Line upon line. Here a little and there a little. God knows how to do it. And hungry, when you're thirsty for God, it don't take a lot sometimes. Amen. If you get hungry enough, even rutabakers would be good. It may take a 20-day fast, but... <laughs> <Hallelujah>. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. But there's other items, you know, two hours, and you can eat it every two hours. You know, no, I'm just going on we this morning. But, hey, thank you. The cooks done an outstanding job. Appreciate it. I'll tell you what, them griddles, that's the way to go. And they could cook them up, don't take them long at all. It does a good job. Appreciate that so much. And all the planning and everything that took place, everybody done an outstanding job. Appreciate it. Had a good crowd, and prayerfully and hopefully. Someone was blessed. Someone was encouraged by it. Uh, but we just want to thank you. Amen. You know, it kind of ties in with a lesson just a little bit. Uh, those of you that really get involved and come early in the planning and uh, preparation. Amen. Hallelujah. Anybody ever had to put on a wedding? Anybody ever been involved putting on a wedding? It's amazing to me that we'll spend days, weeks, months, and possibly years in planning and preparing for it that only takes about 20, 25 minutes. You know, I've had a medium tell me, said, you know, we will do all this, but please, let's don't be lengthy. Let's, you know, with this part, we want to hurry up and get through. Well, this is what it was all about. Amen. So coming at this point in time, and here we want to rush this after we spent all this time and three days of decorating and preparing food and all this, and now we're going to run through it. Now I'm just picking with you. I'm with you. I understand that. Don't take me wrong, but but you got an idea. Amen. If you read your lesson, you know what I'm talking about. I'm glad I'm invited to something that God is going to prepare. That Lamb Supper is going to take place, and everybody has been invited. Amen. The grace of God has appeared unto all men. 
But it's up to you and I if we're going to be a part of it. If we're going to accept the invitation or not. Love you this morning. Appreciate you. Going to let our classes go back. Thankful for our Sunday school department this morning. Amen. Let's give them a good hand. Our teachers and our students. Pray the blessings of God, the Holy Ghost upon them. Pray our students have a hunger for it and our teachers, amen, have the ability to put it in them. Amen. One way or another. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. That's the reason I cut them switches and put it in. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Hallelujah. No, God's been good to us. We thank God for every one of our children, every one of our young people. The man does, that loves God, that loves the house of God, the things of God, wants to involve their lives in the service of Jesus Christ. Amen. To be a vessel of God, to do the works of the Holy Ghost. It's not a greater calling. It's not a greater election. Amen. Than the call of God upon our lives. And regardless of where it might be, it's got to start being, the first step has got to be being born Christian. Being born again, not just like the world puts it either. I'm talking about being born again. Amen. By the water and spirit. That's where Jesus taught it. Peter taught it. Paul taught it. That's where it happened in the Bible. So that's where you and I ought to want to experience it ourselves. And then to walk in that newness of life and creation and power. Praise God. So let's keep praying for our community. Amen. They're watching. They're observing. How for a long time. But you know what? In this end time, God can do a quick work. In just a matter of weeks and months, that grace can show up and perform and bring about things. I mean, Brother Ford, I mentioned about multiplying. And we know there's going to be a falling away. But you know what? God can move in, upon a, an, on individuals and groups. Amen. In the end time, and bring in it's just as many as trying to go out. He can double that coming in. <laughs> Amen. But it just depends on the farmer. It just depends on, amen, the sower. I'm not going to quit sowing just because, you know, we plant it by faith. We, we planted some rye patches, rye grass patches here a few days ago by faith. That, that, hey, we're believing in some rain. God, we're praying for some rain. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't know if he's setting this thing up to burn it up, but uh, you don't have to worry about him starting it with a flood. You've got to start worrying about him starting it with fire. Of course, God, you know, God, it don't matter how wet it is. When God gets ready to burn it up, he can burn it up. It doesn't matter if it's been raining for 40 days. Amen. God can take the next day and burn it all up. I mean, God's God. He's not limited by, by nature, and he's not limited by these things. You and I are, but not God. He can change a moment, and thank God he can because he changed our lives. And how often in that moment, amen, that God changed the limbos, and God changed his mind. That's what David was fishing for. That's what he was luring and, and maneuvering to attain through fasting and praying and humbling himself and laying prostrate out on that, that ground, amen, that even had his servants upset and worried about him. No, he knew how to move God. He knew how to change God's mind about that boy. I messed up. I know I've messed up, and I've repented. But you never know I can change the mind of God. You can on this Sunday morning, amen, regardless of how you feel and how it's all been going for the last 50 years. Man, that don't have anything to do with faith in God. Amen. So what? It hadn't rained in three and a half years. All of a sudden, it began to rain. And it only come the size of the head of a man, but that was enough. Amen. It caused a man of God to come off the side of that mountain. Mountain, tell anybody else you better get down. You better head for some cover, buddy. It's coming. 
Amen. The coming of the Lord's coming. I know we've heard it all of our life and everybody and all the other generations, but it's coming. It's going to come on a day just like today. It's going to come in an hour and a moment and a twinkle of an eye just like today. And the real ticket is, have you responded to your invitation? Have you made preparation, amen, for that moment? Have you made preparations for that moment when it's going to happen? Hallelujah. And instead of looking for excuses and ways around it, hallelujah, no, I want to be ready for the moment. I want to be ready. When that's going to happen. Praise God. So anyway. Parable of the banquet. How many likes banquets? You ain't putting it on, huh? <laughs> you're not the one that's obligated. Responsibility and paying the expense. As long as you're the one that's going to participate. And enjoys. And you just get, get, to get up and leave. And I'm just, I'm just telling you like it is. I mean, amen. But if you're the one that's responsible, you're the one that's got to clean up afterwards and all that, you may not be quite as excited about it. You're, you're the one that's walking around, and you're, you're the one, amen, when it's getting close to quitting time, you start cleaning up and start turning lights off. And <laughs> well, live enough. It's Sunday morning, folks. We're among the living. The goodness of God, the goodness of God's running after me on my worst day that the devil can get me, get me. On my worst day of being diagnosed with cancer and heart disease and everything, the goodness of God's going to bring me through. The goodness of God's good on a bad day. I'm not just going to give him glory for the good days, honey. He says goodness is with me on my bad day. That goodness is going to see me through. That goodness is going to help me finish the journey. That goodness is going to get help me, help me at that day when I pull up to the table, amen, at that banquet. It's going to be his goodness and grace and mercy, amen, that's going to give us that opportunity, amen, to celebrate and join with that great host, whoever that's all going to consist of, amen. How would you like to have to fix that table? Can't even see the end of it. <laughs> Praise God. So, you and I as born-again Christians, believers in God, we got some great things to look forward to. We got some things to look forward to that this world can't offer you. Regardless of what banquets have been prepared by all of your kings and princes and presidents and politicians and billionaires None of them, amen, is ever prepared what's being prepared for you and I. And you know what? On top of all of that, what's really going to, because as we were singing that, the first song about that amazing grace, amen, that found me and saved a wretch like me. To look forward to that day and to that moment. And when he talked about even the millennium of a thousand years where the devil's going to be bound. But there's going to come a moment in an hour, and I believe this right here is going to bring as much comfort as anything else. I'll never have to worry about being blemished ever again. I won't ever have to worry about being tempted or tried or challenged by the weakness of my flesh or by the snares and the traps of the enemy ever again. It's going to be done. It's going to be over with. To know in the surety, we got it. The Bible talks about that hope. 
said, once you've attained it, why hope for it? What are you hoping for this morning? You haven't attained it yet. I know for sure you haven't attained it yet because you're with me in these earthen vessels. And as long as there's life in this earthen vessel, amen, the challenge is there. Uh, the warfare is there. The struggle is there. Amen. And so, anyway, parable of the banquet. It's going to be in Matthew 22. Focus verse is found in Matthew 22 and 8. Then saith he to his servants, the wedding is ready. But they which were bidden were not worthy. Have you ever worked on a list like that? You ever, you know, you, you're part of the, the bride family maybe or groom family. Or, hey, we need to know who y'all want to invite. Better yet, we need to know who you don't want to invite. <laughs> Am I trying to stir some mud this morning? Not really. Come on. I'm just, uh, you know, we prefer you not to invite this one. Well, that's, I know who it is, but we prefer you not to invite them. <laughs> They're unworthy. <laughs> they have disqualified themselves, or maybe I'm disqualifying them. Y'all too busy this week. I'm trying to be joyful, help you out today. That's been a busy time, I know. So we, you might as well just relax. We're going to have a good time today. Amen. I mean, hey, we, we've all been there. Don't, we don't need that like we haven't. Ain't none of us had a perfect wedding here. Ain't none of us had a perfect wedding here. Ain't none of us had it where it's so, just so perfect. Everybody come and everybody was just, and, uh, I mean, I, I've been, I don't know how many weddings I've helped and tell that bride, say, don't worry about it. The babies, it'll be all right. Let, what, whatever they do, they'll be all right. That's part of it. That's what'll make the wedding. Amen. They won't remember nothing about what you had sung and all that other stuff, but they'll remember about that kid doing this and that and over there. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's going to make you the wedding right there. That's what relieves the pressure. <laughs> Amen. So, we watch this. Amen. God's grace is for the understanding. Amen. Truth for my life, I will accept God's grace to live righteously. Accept God's grace. I just, you can't make it without it. Paul simply made the statement, I am what I am by the grace of God. And that mercy and grace that we need on a, on a regular basis. Not just that one encounter or that one time of being brought into this great truth and revelation of it. And amen. But that grace that you and I have got to experience and to be a part of by the mercy of God. By the compassion of the Lord. And God has been so good to us. Amen. A Bible lesson. Man, I, I don't know uh, if you, you may want to... Look at the lesson connection. If you hadn't, go back and read it. It is a little connection there. You, some, I'm sure, won't totally agree, maybe, all of that. But in some sense, amen, and the grace of God and how we handle people, loved ones and friends and neighbors, especially when you start talking about lifestyles and the lifestyles they're living, amen. And, and I've talked about this into a certain degree. Even Jesus Christ said, I didn't come to condemn the world. I come to save the world. Amen. But yet he'd also turn around and tell those that were sinning and calling me every uh, act of sin. He said, go and sin no more. And so there is a balance. There is a balance of, of loving people, not condemning people. But at the same time, amen, that lifestyle is not pleasing in the sight of God. 
but it's by his grace. I had an opportunity last night to talk to a gentleman, a man, and, and so and I, I've used some of this same, uh, you know, by his grace and mercy. If you start tuning in to God, crying out to God, God can change it. God can change the whole outcome. And, and God, because we all become a new creation, we all become transformed. And one of the questions he posed to me, he said, well, do you have to have the Holy Ghost? And I said, well, let me ask you this. I said, how are you going to be resurrected without it? You're without his spirit. There's no resurrection. It's by the spirit we resurrect it. I said, how are you going to be led into all truth without it? I mean, before you, start, before you pose that question in that manner to me about do you have to have the Holy Ghost? And then, and then I said, why wouldn't you want the Holy Ghost? Who wouldn't want to have the, the measure of Christ in you? I mean, you got to look at it from a different viewpoint. Amen. You can't approach it, amen, like a, amen, because a lot of times when that question is opposed like that, uh, the next thing is, well, you know, I'm going to hell if I don't have it. You know, <laughs> that's where the lead to, that's where the guiding to. But, but you know, we're on the, uh, we on the uh, offense side of this thing. We're not on the defense. We're on the, we've experienced it. And so we approach it like, hey, Amen. It, it's kind of like eating certain things that uh, doesn't look too good. And, you know, that don't look too, uh, you know, by the eye, it's not too observant. You don't take, but, but, but when you get past the eye of it and you start putting it in your mouth, uh, you know, a lot of people from the world's view, as they look upon the church uh, and even on the tabernacle, the tabernacle, amen, itself, uh, with badger skins and things that didn't attract too many people. Hallelujah. It wasn't too attractive to the world as Israel brought that, that tabernacle, amen, and set it up and as they observed and watched their tabernacle and place where their God stayed and things of that nature. And they go to where they had built things and empires and things of that nature with its beauty and craftsmanship and things like that on the outside. But on the other, you got on the inside, it was dead. It was dry. It wasn't nothing in there. Oh, praise God. But in the tabernacle, amen, it wasn't too attractive on the outside, amen, for the carnal mind and for the fleshly mind and for all of those things. But yet when you got on the inside, the beauty changed, man, the glitter, the glory, the gold, amen, and the beauty of it because it's on the inside of that, where there's life and where there's hope and he's a God of the living and so it's all about getting in the spirit because it's by this spirit that I'm going to be led into all truth it's by this spirit that I'm going to conquer death amen so so when you really begin to look at all this and this banquet that's going to be set up and the promise and the invitation that has been given and thank God now it's been given to every man through Jesus Christ so let's watch this we see you know we're still dealing with parables and 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 kingdom of heaven and these parables is likened unto the kingdom of heaven amen and then we'll talk about one just prior to this and of the olive uh, vineyard amen again another that he uses as a parable uh, talking to us about the kingdom of heaven and it's likened unto that and and the investment into it and so as we begin to look at it here in, in Matthew 22, let me make mention of this. Um, I won't take all of this, but just some of it. And, as, um, anyway, go to Psalms 45. This follows up from Psalms 44. 44 in Psalms, amen, gave a lot of uh, heartaches, difficulties, uh, lamentations, and things of this nature. Amen. Then you go to 45, and it really begins to talk about, um, when you really look at it, it talks about the Messiah. It talks about royal weddings. And then it begins to address about the bride and things of this nature. And so you pick up on a few of those verses such as uh, Psalms 45 and 13. The king's daughter is also glorious within. Amen. Thank God. The beauty of a bride is just not that outward countenance. You know, thank God for the dress. And, and uh, you know, you, you, you hear sometimes I've, I've heard uh, some statements made about some of your billionaires that buys these million dollar engagement rings i wonder what happens if that marriage don't take place i wonder what she does with it 
I ain't giving it back, man. I'm hawking it. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Nobody wants to laugh at me. That's okay. Praise God. Amen. But, but you know, you can't help but wonder, wonder, you know. Uh, now, anybody that's ever interested in me, they'd have to worry about getting a million-dollar engagement ring. <laughs> Praise God. It didn't take long to figure that deal out, you know. Amen. But anyway, so, but, uh, but here, as we watch this, and it uh, begins to take place. It talks about a wedding. King's daughter is glorious within. Her clothing is of, of wrought gold, and she shall be brought unto the king in raiment of needlework. And so there's a lot mentioned about this and the work and the labor. You, again, that knows anything about weddings, even of our day and time, uh, wedding dresses and gowns and all can become very expensive. I mean, that's what they want to do. They want to uh, astound everybody. I mean, when, you know, when she, she walks in, amen, I mean, everybody's jaws, jaws are supposed to drop. And sometimes they literally, oh, my gosh, give me more. But anyway, <laughs> but, but God's bride's going to be righteous, but she's going to be covered up with his goodness and grace and mercy and spirit and power. I mean, I mean so it's, there's really a lot more to all this as you really begin to examine it. But notice he made the statement that she's beautiful within. Man, there's something about this church. There's something about that bride that, that helps. You know what? A, a bride and a groom, you know why they, they, and now the Bible don't say anything about dating. In fact, a lot of the weddings you read about in the Bible, they never even seen one another. <laughs> there wasn't no dating plans. They wasn't. <laughs> God said, hey, you go get this one and you send this and y'all get together. <laughs> Hallelujah. God worked it out. And so anyway, so, but, but to really you got to start knowing them. And the writer talks about it, the lesson. He talks about those that's engaged, looking forward to that moment, that time, uh, that they never, ever have to separate, that they can always be with one another, you know. They're not on the phone, and they're not just FaceTiming. Man, I can remember the day, you know, back when we had just the roller phones, and you had to sit and you had a party lines. And, and so, you know, the others on the party get on and say, all right, you got to get off the phone. I got to use it. Amen. I mean, it's just the way it was. I mean, because this ain't both any Knoxville and Grandma and Grandpa. You don't argue with them. You're going to say it? Because if you do, you're going to pay. Because <laughs> the next time they see mom and daddy, <laughs> hallelujah, and then you don't get to use it for a month or two after they whipped you. <laughs> hallelujah. You know, this stuff, some just grounds them. Well, they whipped us and grounded us. So it didn't happen too often, amen, because they were serious about it. But, but as, as you watch somebody, why would you do that? Because you wanted to get to know them. But you, you finally, if you're really falling in love with them, you're looking forward to that moment, that time, to, amen, to spend all of your days with them. Amen. Every morning you get up and smiling and, 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 and you know, man, you're just talking all throughout the day. And, you know, he can't hardly get to work. You're calling him. And after he gets to work, and well, he can't hardly get home. He's don't look at me like. Well, that's, that's kind of the way it's supposed to be. But I know life and responsibilities are things of this nature. And really uh, communicating. You know, this is probably an area where, where uh, I don't know how much is put into putting in, you know, brides and taking a lot of time to, but being able to communicate. You know what? This is one thing I would tell folks that are dating. If you're dating somebody and you can't communicate with them, I'd probably, I'd probably start checking out. <laughs> I'm glad I'm serving a God, a man that's got ears to hear, got eyes to see. But yet Israel seemed to always want to worship God's 
that didn't have ears to see, ears to see, ears to hear, eyes to see, arms to reach out. See, most people really, what, what most people are looking for is something or someone they can control, manipulate. <laughs> so that's the same way with this God business a lot of times. They wanted gods that they formed and fashioned with their own hands and take glory in. Not realizing that that's not a God. Because they're going to need a God. They're going to find themselves in a place and they're going to need a God. They're going to need that, that loved one, that spouse. And so the same way when you and I, when we begin to talk about weddings and getting together things, there's going to be times that love's going to be tested in one form or another. That's the reason we make those vows until death do us part. And so that's through sickness and health, through riches and poor. Amen. All that stuff's in there. Amen. Forsaking all others. Hallelujah. You know, loving this. You're, you're the one. And then keeping that burning and going. So, so when you begin to talk about this banquet, we begin to talk about what's being set up and what's going to be because, watch this, because this is real true. And I know in the natural, you, the communicating and all that can't be, is, but when, when the real banquet takes place, when the real moment of that, we, the Bible says that we're never going never gonna to leave or forsake him. We're, never, we're going to be ever in his presence and in that working under his leadership. And I don't know the fullness of all that. I, I'll be honest with you. Amen. About this city and, and how all this is going to work. You got gates in it. You got trees in it. You got rivers in it. You got healing in the wing, uh, in the leaves. Uh, there's a, I think there's a lot more activity going on there than one of people. Most people has got their idea of heaven. It's got them, they got them a little hut on the side of the river. They kick back, sit back, and just do what they want to and how they want to and eat ice cream as much as they want to and doing all this other. And, uh, but, but I have a feeling it's going to be a lot different than what people realize when they get there. Amen. And serving God and living for God. I do know mansions. Mansion means room. So there's plenty of room in the mansion for anybody that wants to become a part of this bride that makes up in their minds at heart. But she has got to make up in her mind also. Amen. I'm going to be his bride. I'm not going to be everybody else's bride. I'm going to be Jesus Christ's bride. Amen. Because if I'm going to participate, then I got to respond to the invitation that has been given to us. Amen. Has anybody ever got an invitation in the mail? And when you got it, you said, oh. Uh, but if it's the right invitation, everything else gets on the back burner. And then there's some invitations, you know, you may just, you may just throw them away. Uh, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> or it's just, I mean, it's, it's not. To, you got an invitation, but you're not one of the important guys. And, and so, you know, you're just not able to go. But here, here, now all this is going to tie together. You watch this. Amen. Because this is how they handled the invitation that God had sent out to them. Amen. In this parable, they was bitten. They was invited. Now, what procedure that would actually took place if it was even in the natural back then. I don't know exactly how they done all that. I know the word had to get out. They had to have a set time, a set day, and a time to come and to celebrate. In fact, weddings back then would be celebrated sometime for days. Amen. So long that they would run out of wine. <laughs> Praise God. You think we got it hard when we just have them on a, a, a rehearsal on Friday night and the wedding's a lot of times on Saturday and it lasts four or five hours. Of course, um, you know, they spend 12 hours of that day taking pictures. <laughs> you smile so much that you, you're, you're faking at the end of the day. You can say what you want to, buddy. You're, <laughs> y'all don't hurry up quit doing this. I'm telling you, my muscles is wore out. 
I mean, but, 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 but back then, that invitation that was sent out. And so that's what Jesus Christ is talking about here. This invitation that's going to be sent out, amen, to invite them. And so that's still true today. Any and every time that you and I, as an example of Jesus Christ, epistles of Jesus Christ, in a time that we witness to others about the gospel, we're giving them an invitation to a banquet. We're giving them an invita invitation, amen, to be a come and be a part of it. And it doesn't matter who they are. They may, they may try to disqualify themselves. I hear it all the time. But I'm going to tell you something. Then this invitation, and when the invitation is given out, everybody that hears the invitation, amen, can become qualified. It depends upon the one that heard it. And whether or not, if they think, and we're going to see this, amen, if they think the invitation is worth bidding to, responding to, acting upon, or if we're just going to shove it off and say, well, maybe another day, another time. No, no, the invitation. And, and who knows, after that invitation, just how long we got, amen, to, to get ready for that moment, for that hour. So, we talked about the king has sent the servants, amen, to the honored guests. We know the honored guests here would be the Jews, the Jewish people. That would be the beginning, the start, the starting of them. It was the prophets, a man that went to them. And you know as well as I do. When you start going to Jeremiah 25 and 4. Let me just give you a few scriptures here this morning. Of how God, a man, sent his servants. His prophets. Now you and I in this New Testament. It's every believer. A man is actually a servant of Jesus Christ. Paul said we're spiritually pistols. That are read and known of all men. So you and I are, are given that invitation. Amen. A lot of times it may start on how you're dealing with life and how you handled that so well. What, and, and the grace of God is the Holy Ghost that's helping us. It's, it's not who I am and I'm smart. No, it's God's kingdom. It's God's favor. It's God's goodness. It's, and so all that becomes a testimony. Sometimes it can be a conversation piece. Amen. That others begin to observe and so they begin to question that. And so as they do that, this is when really the invitation that you can invite them and come and be a part of this. Inviting to the church. Amen. That's where we got these cards. Church cards. I hand them out and give them a place that they can observe and see. Hey man, hey, this is a place to come and hear the word of God. This is a place to come and we're going to talk about some of that too. The importance, amen, of coming, amen, and making preparation. Don't you just love it when you have rehearsal, amen, and about half of them don't show up? I'm talking about some of the important guys. Like the preacher. <laughs> what about the bride and the groom, you know? Hey, we're all there but them. Amen. Well, there's no be no wedding without him. I'm gonna tell you something. The groom's gonna show up, and he's not gonna be late. But it's up to the bride. It's gonna prepare herself to make sure she's got enough oil, to make sure she's got the lamb trimmed. And guess what? The prophets and the messengers are going through for those that already heard and got the invitation. I'm telling you, ever so often, God sends the messengers back through and and, and stirs us up again to say, Hey, hey, the coming of the Lord's at hand. The coming of the kingdom of God's at hand. The coming of the Lord's. You better better check your you better check your wick. You better check. Amen. You better check your all. You better make sure your glass is still clean. Amen. Because it may come at midnight. You may need that. And others are going to try to bid for it. And I don't need to be preaching this. 
are going to preach it tonight. Amen. But others are going to want to buy it and try to take them. You say, no, there's somebody else you're going to have to go and buy it from. Amen. But it's going to be too late then to try to purchase it or try to buy it. Amen. I want to get ready now. I want to be prepared every single day with all the getting so busy. And I understand that. Lord have mercy. I know I understand that. But God help us not to get so. And he's going to talk about that in just a few minutes because he talks about the farmer and he talks about the merchandise and then they went to the merchandise. And then he talks about the remnant that was left. Amen. So there's two groups. Amen. They got busy and just left and didn't pay the invitation, no attention at all. But there was a remnant that stayed there and they started beating up the servants and they started, amen, stoning them and they started murdering them and killing them. The remnant that stayed there. And so the, the way you handle the messenger, the way you handle the fivefold minister can be life or death in your life. If you don't take heed and you don't have a love for the messenger and you know good and well it's not the messenger but it's the message that he brings and the message, amen, is out of the word of God. You better show respect and honor and regard that messenger because he's in the representation of God and the inviter. Amen. He's the one, amen, that's going to check it out. Amen. When they all get gathered in, he's the one that's going to check it out and go over there. Now, I just wonder, I just wonder now, and I know I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit here, but, but I just wonder how many showed up once this parable came to an end and they went out the highways and the byways. How many showed up at the wedding? Now, the scripture don't give us a number, does it? And so... But being it was a king's son, with all of its royalties and all those that had failed to come. And now he said, you go and get both the bad and good. Invite them. Bring them. Why could they do that? Why could the king tell his servants to go get the bad and good? Because the king was going to provide the clothing even for the guest. They didn't have to worry about putting on the right, you know, I've heard people, I don't go to funeral weddings because I don't own a suit. Well, you didn't have to worry about having the suit. The king provided it. The prince provided it. When they showed up, they had it ready for them. Prince and kings in that time, even for the royalties that came, they even provided for them the garments to wear. Who provided ours? Whose covering have we put on? Whose garments have we put on? Whose garment are we trying to protect? That the enemy's working both night and day to blemish and spot and rearrange. Both outwardly and inwardly. But in this great multitude, and this is a point I wanted to make. I just, I don't know how, how, how large a crowd it was. How many showed up? But as the king went through that congregation, he was able to spot one that didn't have the garments on. And a lot of people say it really don't matter. Well, apparently it does. Because the king wasn't satisfied that the other, and let's just use 100, the other 99 had it all on. You can't let one slip by. You can't let one. For all of a sudden, holiness, inwardly and outwardly, takes on a different view. All of a sudden, making preparation as being the bride of Christ takes on a different responsibility. It's been provided. God has provided it. Through Jesus Christ and the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ to clothe us, to guide us, to instruct us. 
Now, now watch where this is going as, as we watch this. I, I'm getting ahead. Let me back back up. Servants. Let's go to servants. Just back to servants. In Jeremiah 25 and 4. And the Lord hath sent unto you all his servants, the prophets, rising early and sending them. But he hath not hearkened, nor inclined your ear to hear. Amen. If it's ever been a time that you, you and I need to set up and we need to pay attention, we better be listening to the men of God that's in our lives. The spiritual leaders that's in our lives. Whoever that might be. Not just a five-fold ministry, but, but, but ever how God operates because the elder instructs the younger. We're going right back to Wednesday night. This is one area I have felt so propelled and, and feel like I've really dropped the ball of, of, of seeing us becoming the elders as a local assembly. And the, the passion and the hunger. Amen. To win souls and the passion and the hunger to instruct and guide others. Amen. Don't just sit back. Don't just have knowledge and then hold that knowledge and not willing to share it. But yet, amen, not, don't share it. But share it in the, with the right spirit and the right motive and the right actions. And it doesn't matter who you're sharing it with. It don't have to be just your little special darling. It don't matter, amen, who it is. We got to be led by the Holy Ghost. We got to be led by the Spirit of God, amen, to introduce them unto truth and know how to walk through the process, know how, how to handle it, how to do it. You know, you can't go out there. You know, a farmer don't go out there and pour out. Now, I remember Brother Jerry said it took about half a bushel, amen, to plant them in an acre. Am I right? A half a bushel to an acre. We didn't go out there and pour out two bushels on an acre. Wouldn't make any sense. Be wasteful. So there's seasons and times and opportunities. Where does these opportunities come from? Who creates these seasons? When you start talking about God and the spiritual word, you know, you got seasons to plant and to farm. Amen. I mean, Brother Jerry, you know, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get a jump on it this year, man. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna start next month, I'm gonna go plow out my plows and I'm gonna buy the seed. I probably got them special. They probably sent some left over, they're gonna sell them for half price. And I'm gonna just go ahead and plant them. And pray over it, God, don't let them come up until June. Yeah, right. <laughs> the law of the harvest. Come on. I take it right back. Those that mock God. With actions and deeds like, hey, we're going to shove it down your throat. Hey, that's one thing America's doing. They're trying to shove lifestyles, amen, that, that's altered out of this book. But watch this. If we'd have stopped some of that, can I say this without being, getting beat up? If we'd have stopped some of that adultery and fornication and all that un, unsexual activity. Come on, read your Bible in the fruits of the flesh. What's often in the first three? First three almost every time. Fornication, adultery, and idolatry. Not occasionally, but almost every single time. Old Testament, I take it right back to the Old Testament. It's the same. What got David in trouble? But they want to cover all that up. They want to justify all that. But now, after a while, you, you can't do that. So what you got to start doing? You got to start letting all that other in. Man with man, woman with woman. Fulfilling our lust. Man, I don't know how I got on that, but... but, but and, 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 and they want to be accepted. They want to... They want to have, they want to be married. They want to have all the same rights. Well, you can give them all the tax rights you want to. I, really, I don't give a hoot. Until you come to my face and tell me that I can, I can get in my, our Sunday school classes and in our pulpits. Amen. And start becoming spiritual leaders and that we go into the same heaven you're going to. Not according to this. You're not. 
Not according to me, but not according to this. And I got a mandate as a representation of this right here to voice against it. And I'm obligated because if I don't voice against it, then I'm just as wrong as you are. Amen. By being silenced to it. Hey, hallelujah. I'm telling you, there's ever been a voice. The voice of truth. Thank God John the Baptist didn't listen to everybody else. That voice out of the wilderness. That voice out of the darkness. I'm telling you, we got to be a voice. But we got to do it with love, with compassion, with gentleness. Because you know what? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm going to say this. There's some of them adulterers, fornications, running them up one side and down the other. Don't realize they're going to the same lake of fire that they're going to. Same lake. Same outcome. Same final judgment. Okay, I'm going to move on from that. I didn't mean to get on that. Jeremiah 35 and 15. I have sent also unto you all my servants, the prophets, rising up early and sending them saying, Return ye now every man from his evil way. Amend your doings, and go not after other gods to serve them. And he shall dwell in the land which I have given to you and to your fathers. But he have not inclined your ear, nor hearkened unto me. We see this and read about this often, often, where God sends them. I could take it to Matthew 3 and 1 and 2, and it talks, In those days came who? Came John the Baptist. Preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Amen. The coming of the Lord is at hand. There's ever been a generation that needs to be preparing herself and doing whatever she can, amen, to be ready to meet the good one called Jesus Christ. That groom, I'm going to tell you something. We better be making preparation. Not only of that, we better be guarding up our hearts, our minds, and our spirits because I'm telling you, the spirit of, of, of iniquity and the spirit of deception and deceiving powers is running rapid. We're seeing some that we never dreamed would be deceived and loosening up and then changing some ways. And I see some little things, just little, they're not much. You see one roach running through your kitchen. Oh, that's just one little roach. It'll be all, don't worry about him. You know as well as I do. So that's, you know, I don't know why I'm getting on this, but. Goodness. So, but but as we look at this, even in the Old Testament, as we look at this parable, but it talks about a man, the, the wedding itself and getting ready and, and things of that nature. You know, that we understand what all of this is a part about and what it's trying to help us to understand. Amen. And and I know, I know, you know, uh, weddings and marriage and, and the way it's handled today in, in some areas. Now there's still some, you know, they don't put as much into it, but but anyway. But when you go to Matthew 5, amen, you're going to see there in Matthew 10 and 5. These 12 Jesus sent forth and commanded them. And give them an option. Now he sends the 12 forth, but he commands them. Now watch this. He limits the places for the invitation. Twelve Jesus sent forth, commanded them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles. That's us. Don't go in the way of the Gentiles. Don't go to their houses. Don't you preach this kingdom. Don't you tell them. And to any city of the Samaritans, enter ye not. But go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as he go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely ye have received, freely give. Huh. Well, thank God we, we have received this freely. 
Thank God today, and thank God for the grace that we operate under, amen, and past the cross, beyond the cross, that there's no, no limitations of sowing the seed unless God moves upon you as an individual and tell you not to cast your pearl before the swine. There are times and there are situations where those, and, and maybe the time allow us, we'll get to some of that, amen, to not to even bother to go there. Amen, because they are unworthy is how the parable went. They're unworthy. He doesn't send them back to them the second time. He doesn't go, amen, and try to find the farmer. He doesn't go try to find the one that was caught up in his merchandise, which merchandise there means business. Those that went out and got on the boats and going to make business deals and those that hit the streets and opened the places up and things of that nature, amen, of the Jews, he didn't send them. But he sent them out, amen, into the highways, which is a place where many roads gather together and where there's laying out on these. It's another place that talks about, amen, the hedges and byways, amen, the poor, amen. Thank God Jesus Christ came for that very purpose. We read them from Isaiah and in Luke where Jesus Christ himself, I'm anointed for this purpose. And one of those reasons was to pour the gospel, preach the gospel unto the poor. Amen. Those that would not have this opportunity of this invitation. Now watch what I'm telling you. Amen. They didn't get a right written invitation. They didn't get a three-month in advance planning schedule to set this day aside. Amen. Set this hour aside. Don't plan nothing else. My son's getting married. Be ready. Be prepared. Take care of all of your business. They didn't, they didn't get that privilege. That was the Jews. That had that privilege. And they still didn't want to take. They had been warned for 4,000 years. That a seed was coming. That a son was coming. One likened unto Moses. A man that's going to fulfill prophecies. That was going to perform miracles and wonders and signs. That without question that he was the Messiah. No man had ever spake like this man. Nobody ever talked like this man. Nobody ever performed like this man. They wouldn't accept him. They wouldn't, especially the religious leaders, amen, of the Sadducees and the Pharisees. In fact, the Sadducees and Pharisees were against one another. In one area, you'll read where the, the Sadducees came up against him, and he stopped him. They don't ask him any other questions, and so the Pharisees step in. But whenever they fail, amen, to handle him, and they have to walk away, guess what? They join up together against him because we got a common enemy called Jesus Christ. Even though they hated one another and their doctrines didn't agree because one believed in resurrection and angels, the other didn't believe in resurrection and angels, but now they had come together. And if you're not careful in the day that we're living in, you're going to see where numbers, amen, I'm just going to tell you the Trinitarian doctrine is going to join together and they're going to try to push down and deny the one God amen this was oneness amen that you and I believe in hallelujah so you and I better make sure we get this oneness and this plan of salvation amen the foundation anchored and centered in our hearts mind not only we better experience it and we better know it amen because if we don't I'm telling you there'd be some, some folks out there with a slick tongue amen I talk you right out of it because if you're not on the sure foundation first of all God will send you a strong delusion, amen, and cause you, amen, to believe a lie and be damned. You and I have got to have a love for this truth. It's love, amen, that changes. We'll reschedule our schedule. If we got, if it's a right person and we love them enough, we'll reschedule our schedule, amen, to be at the invitation. Nothing else. God taught us that nothing in this world should have us, uh, our love and our passion so that we're not willing to forsake it in that moment and in that hour. And one of the ways you and I can judge that this morning is how uh, we come to the house of God that we won't, we won't 
don't miss coming to the house of God. We'll rearrange everything that we possibly can. Now, I know sometimes you can't. You know that. I know that. I ain't got to justify all of that. But when it's within your power to be in the house of God and you fail to do it, then there's a question about the love of God. When you and I fail to, to communicate with him, to love him, and to have fellowship with him, then, then here, here's where we start questioning the love factor. That's the reason John told us that love not the world, neither the things of the world. You can't love man and God. Can't serve two masters. Got to hate one and love the other. Man. So it, it works hand in hand. It really does. And, and so as these that were sent to them and different ones from John the Baptist, even Jesus Christ himself, as he sent a man, the twelve, and instructed them where to go and, and what to do and how if, if they was received or not. You stepped into that home, you stepped into that region or that city, and peace. If they didn't, he said, you leave them. And when you leave there, you're dust their feet. Dust with dust, dust with feet. Because the opportunities came, hours come. Amen. An invitation for what to what? To the kingdom of heaven. For it is his hand. It is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is his hand. And it all depends upon the ear and the heart to receive it. I'm like, can I tell you something? I want to be careful what I'm fixing to say. But when you and I get serious about our soul and serious about wanting to know God and the truth of God, amen, we won't question everything that this book starts instructing. We, we won't start looking for loopholes. You know truth when you hear truth. That's the reason the scripture taught us about the Holy Ghost. Because, see, you can't, you can't really, with honest and sincere heart, talk about Jesus, worship Jesus, without him showing up. And when he shows up, that's in the form of the Holy Ghost. But if you reject it or deny it, you disqualify yourself by the most powerful witness that we have upon the earth. After the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Which is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Which is. And this is what I told this gentleman last night. I said do you, do you know what the ghost is? It's the spirit of one that has departed. Why wouldn't you want that measure of the Holy Ghost? Of the spirit of that one that's departed. Because he said he'd come back. And he said he'd dwell in us. Well how is he going to do that? He can't do it physically. He's sitting on the right hand. He's conquered. But I'm telling you, Jesus Christ is not sitting on the throne yet. Until he makes his enemy God, until he makes his enemy a footstool. And we're not preaching to that. God is a spirit. And there's only one Jesus. And the only God that you and I are ever going to see sitting on that throne is the man called Jesus Christ. The only face, literal face, you and I are going to ever see is Jesus Christ. And I don't think you're going to see him with long hair and beard and all this other stuff. And that's just my opinion. So you can throw that out the window. I don't care what you do with it. But, but I, I just can't see where Paul will come along later and say that it's a long, shame for a man to have long hair. And then they come up with this picture that somebody that's not even called a Christian. Anyway, I could open a can of worms there, but I'm not going to do that. Well, I've already mentioned this. That when you go again, when you go to John 4 and 34, it talks about the laborers. 
Labors, labors, labors in the vineyard. Amen. To pray for the labors, that we need labors. And the harvest is now. You go to John again. You see where the disciples, remember he said in the city, got the lady on Jacob's well and the lifestyle she had. And, and so he, he testifies to her. And, and she goes back into the city. But then you look up. There's this great host that's coming. <laughs> Amen. So we know the harvest is great. But you, gotta, you and I have got to be those labors. We've got to be those that help participate in inviting people into the kingdom of God. Not just to this local assembly per se, but to the kingdom of God. Amen. Because if, if, if they may not can come here, it's such, you know, I've witnessed people and they way off. Hey, I tell them quick like, hey, there's a good church here and a good church over there. It's all one. We're all working for the, for the one. Now, if we got in this little click deal that, hey, no, we got some problems. In fact, we, we may be blemishing up. We may be messing up. Okay? Proverbs talks about I have called. This is actually wisdom itself. And I won't go to all those scriptures, but it talks about how it's called upon and out of the streets and the corners and places. How God has called from every, every opportunity. You know, we'd all, the world's probably going to be shocked. Whenever God, when somebody walked up, well, God, remember the, one of the, some of the group that said, well, we never saw you. We never heard you. We never. The other group said, but as they done it to others. But I believe for this thing's over with God, even in that judgment, the white throne judgment. Amen. He's going to be able easily to point back to some times. What about here? What about that was me? Kind of like the God, you know, the, the, the God that was on the rooftop. They talked about, I don't know if it's a true story or not, but they talked about the flood was coming, and amen, and he was on top of the rooftop, and amen, and he sent a boat by, and he sent, I don't know, two or three things by, a helicopter and all this. He said, no, I'm waiting on God when he, supposedly, this is just a, whatever, when he gets up to heaven, I don't know if he got to heaven, because he didn't get up there anyway, praise God. <laughs> I'm just going on, hallelujah, help me, Holy Ghost. But anyway, he asked him, he said, well, I did. Man, I sent a boat to you, I sent a helicopter to you, I sent this and that to you, you didn't you have no sense to get on none of them. Sooner or later, son, honey, you got to get enough common sense. Hey, I'm getting on the wagon. I'm getting on the train. I'm getting in the church. I'm going to get over this questioning this and questioning that. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. If it's going to sink, I'm going to sink with it. And I'm not getting in to look for what this is wrong and that's wrong and all this other. I'm not getting in judging my brother and sister. I'm getting in because I fell in love with the head. I didn't fall in love with the hand and the foot. Oh, I can just see him when he come down to marry her. Amen. Oh, you sweet little baby. Falls down on her feet. Just kisses her feet. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, I just fell in love with her feet. You can have the rest of them. Oh, I'm more on target this morning than you think I am. Because that's exactly how they want to treat God. I want this from you and I want that. But you can leave the rest of this out. But the Bible says you got to buy the field. Oh, well, I've heard some say this. Well, I didn't marry the family. If you marry her, you marry the family. If you marry him, you marry the family. It's a package deal. You knew it before you got in it. I know I get some bottles about that, but that's all right. I'm still right. I'm still right. Good or bad, I'm still right on that. <laughs> that's, that's the way it is with the church. <laughs> I'm in the church. I don't care who else is in the church. I'm in the church. I don't care who else he brings to the church. I'm staying in the church. I don't care what they look like. I don't care where they come from. I don't care what they've done to me. I'm staying in the church. 
<laughs> Amen. They're not going to feed me. They're not going to run me off. And, and I'm going to get over some of that and get it out of my spirit. In fact, if I don't, that's probably the reason he brought them anyway. To stir me up to get it to the altar where he can save me. Come on, Holy Ghost, help me here now. Amen, because God's in the saving business. God's in the delivering business. But he don't halfway do it. He does it right. When, when God sets you free, honey, you don't have to worry about that. You've been delivered and set free, but it hinges upon us falling in love. Praise God. i got about ten minutes here. Better just go to the parable itself. Amen. Come on. Hallelujah. Let's just look at it. Let's just. The kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king which made a marriage for his son, sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding. They would not come. Now, here he, he doesn't even really give the reasons why. Okay. Wouldn't come. Again. So again, now watch this. The first time, they just wouldn't come. They don't sin. They don't give no reason why. He don't know why. So he says, you know what? I'm going to give him a second chance. Give him another opportunity. Go back to some of the other parables. Go back to the one prior to this in the vineyard. Where he sent the servants. Sent them twice and then the last, the, the parable says he sent his son. And they killed him. The vineyard. In the chapter just prior to this. Just, you'll see that vineyard. You'll see that vineyard's a landowner. And you'll see that son was none other but Jesus Christ that was sent. And they said, the husbands, the one that he had lended out to them. Now, the king... The landowner had provided everything they needed to produce. He gave them a vineyard. He had it planted. He had, uh, he had it, the walls prepared, the tower built, had, had the uh, uh, dugout, the vineyard part of the, so they, you know, mash the grapes and get had all that. All that work was done. How would you like for a business just hand it over to you? You just run it, do a good job, and, hey, I'm, I'm going to, bless you but when it come time for fruit time he sent his servants and and so they began to persecute them and begin to beat them up and begin to stone them and so he sent some more and so likewise he said well surely they'll have compassion on my son have compassion and mercy on my son and he sent him and they they decided we'll kill him and take his inheritance now watch this. When you and I reject the invitation, we also denied the birthright. And you and I must be born into this kingdom. Esau despised the birthright. And he sold it. And I'm going to preach on that a little bit. He sold it for a bowl of Because he didn't realize how important. And if, if we're not careful, we're living in a generation. Church has been pushed. 
Hollywood and individuals, and we've allowed other things, more importantly, to take our Sundays from NFL football to one thing after another. Amen. That's robbed us of our Sabbaths now because we're too busy working in our farms and businesses Monday through Saturday. So we're going to play and hardy and do. It's nothing but a trick of the enemy that keeps us so preoccupied. Are called up in. I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to pay bills, and I'm just trying to. And so priorities get out of kilter. Because Jesus Christ Himself said, "Though you gain the world and lose your soul, what have you gained?" And so that's what. If you watch this, when He sends them, again He sent forth other servants, saying, "Tell them which are bidden. Behold, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen, my fat ones are killed. The best, man." I mean, come on now. He, he, he's not, he's not got, uh, he don't have, I'll be careful here. He doesn't have some little, you know, little box hamburger, you know, with no, no flavor on it, no, no barbecue sauce and nothing. No, man, I mean, he's got the best, man. Fatted calves and the oxen, man. I'm talking about we got the prime stuff prepared and ready. And they made light of it. Matthew 22 and 5. And they made light of it and went their ways. One to his farm, another to his merchandise. And the remit took his servants and treated them spitefully and slew them. When the king heard thereof, he was wroth. And he sent forth his armies, destroyed those murderers and burnt up their city. Then saith he to his servants, the wedding is ready. But they were bitten we're not worthy. Go we therefore into the highways and many. I know I've covered some of this. I'm going to go through it. We shall find bid to the marriage. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all as many as they found, both bad and good. And the wedding was furnished with guests. When the king came to see the guest, he saw there a man which had, had not on a wedding garment. Folks, you got to get your garment on. Can I say this? And I may be wrong, but I, I'm almost sure. It's not really not a real common practice that you're supposed to wear. All the guest is, is you know, the ladies, surely the men won't. <laughs> but all the ladies, you know, for the most part, you're not supposed to wear a white dress. Am I right? Why? Where's the focus at? Hmm. She's the one that's going to have the white. That's where the focus is at. Now, if you run a commentary on this that's been provided by the Prince of Kings, based on the Old Testament, it was a white garment that was provided even to guests who know what the bride come in. Because, again, go back to the very thing I brought out, the gold, all the decorating things that took place. But remember now, this bride... The guest is the bride. And as he goes through the guest, there's one, the one that sticks out. That'd be like all of us having white on this morning except one. That one would be pretty easy to. So you know what the devil's done? When people don't have a love for truth, of course God's allowed it and 
actually help promote it. I mentioned it earlier. Causing them to believe a lie if they don't. And so now we'll just mix it up. That's the reason we have so many different beliefs and so many different denominations and so many different ideas. And if we all go into the same God. Now we got Hollywood involved with the warp and all of that butts involved and how to go to God. And man, you don't, you don't know. It's just shocking some of the things they're telling people. But the book hasn't changed for those that want to be a part of the bride. It's going to be a part in the guest. And notice the king is the one that decided. Not the first servant kept any of them or that individual from coming in. They offered him the garment. But it was up to him to receive it. But, but apparently, he rejected it. In fact, when the king questions him about, why don't you have the garment? The Bible says he was speechless. I've heard people tell me, well, I'm going I'm to do this with God. I'm going to do that with God. I'm going to do that. No, a lot of us are going to do like a lot of these reading the Bible. We're going to fall flat on our face and be scared to death. That's what we're going to do. Because <laughs> we just, we're just not equipped to come into that. That's the reason we're going to have to be. That's the reason we're going to have to be transformed. That's the reason in a moment we're going to be changed before we ever leave this earth. We're going to be changed. We can't be the bride that he's expecting us to be and encounter him, amen, without the change. Now, now watch this. When you go later on the scriptures, and I know my time's running out, but as you look at... Judgment starts at the house of God. Okay? I was going to talk about that first part. Judgment starts at the house of God. It's got to. You and I can't be saved without judgment. You know, the spirit that has creeped upon this nation, especially when it comes to church. First thing I want to tell you, you ain't got a right to judge them. I agree. Go back to that first. We, we, I don't judge them. I'm going to preach, teach, live what this book has taught. We got an obligation to do that. A responsibility to do that. To be, let that radiate out of us. Okay? There's a purpose for that. There's a reason for that. As it flows out, that's what attracts them. Our, wherever you wear your sleeve, Lee, ever how you put your attire is not going to attract them. But it's what flows out of you. But if, you know, but if what you wear don't make any difference, well, just go naked. See how good a job you do like that. They probably arrest you for long, though. LJ and them will be coming in just a few minutes, so better do it quick. <laughs> <Hallelujah>. <laughs> in fact, most folks 
when those calls are made, well, I ain't going to go there. <clears throat> but they're in trouble. They're in trouble. Hmm. You know, God, God's trying to help us. God's, I don't know. Well, I'm, I'm wanting to say some things, but I'm not. First Peter's four seventeen said, "For the time has come, for the time has come, that judgment must begin at the house of God." Watch this. I don't know where people got the idea that you don't have to go to church to be saved. I've had them to tell me this. I don't have to go to church to be saved. I don't have to have a preacher to be saved. Well, how are you going to be instructed? That's like saying, I'm going to be healed by Dr. So-and-so. I never go to his office. I never call him. I never listen to anything he says. It, it, uh, I mean, why do you go to a doctor's office if you're sick? Why have you got to come? Don't you just love it? Brother Quinn, don't you just love it with the hardware store? They call you and say, hey, I got this thing. It's about, you know, I don't know, about this long. It sits over here and looks over here. What do I need? Or they ask you this. Uh, that pipe I bought two months ago, what size was it? Okay. <laughs> and, you know, you, you, try to, you, you try to help. <laughs> Can you help me out a little bit? And then the next best thing, and thank God for it, you know, it's good. But they bring pictures in. And you look at this picture, pipe is, you know, is that half inch or three quarters? Sometimes you can guess it. And I don't mind if they let me guess it and they go home and they come back. But I do mind when they walk back in there. You gave me the wrong size. Well, give me a better picture. <laughs> I mean, come on. Take the picture where the size wrote on the side of it. And we can do a better job. But, but you see what I'm saying? Same way with the house of God. People think they don't have to have a house of God. They don't have to come to the place of God. I don't have to submit myself to nobody. I mean, God just set up a five-fold ministry and gave the church gifts, a five-fold ministry just to be given gifts. I don't think so. That ain't all. We've got to have a body. We've got to come here. Why? Because judgment starts here. Because if we don't get judgment in our life, we can forget it. Because if our own conscience could save me, then I wouldn't have needed a gospel. I wouldn't need a Jesus Christ. I wouldn't need a God. I wouldn't need no five-fold ministry. But my own conscience can't save me. I'm not intellectually smart enough, and neither is anybody else. Amen. In fact, Paul warns us in his writings about that. When a man thinks more higher of himself than he ought to think, that he's got it all figured out. He's got all the dots covered and all the T's covered. No, you need and I need. Amen. We need a church. We need a place that we can come and be instructed. And we can be guided. Why? Because you know what? I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready. And I don't want not one blemish. Amen. I don't want not one spot. And so i got to come on a regular basis and get checked out and get observed and looked at. Amen. And we get them all out. Amen. That's like going, you know, taking that suit. Uh, you know, uh, uh, how many would you like to wear white suits? Huh. Me neither. I'm going to wear my white shirt. My wife, she's... Try to get me not to a lot of time, but I do it. I mean, I'm just, that's just me now. I'm just, I'm there, and that's where I'm going to be. That way, you know, I don't have to worry about matching nothing. I don't have to worry about doing that. I go, it's four or five hanging on the door and get in one of them white shirts, and I iron it and put it on. Hallelujah. Did it match? Yes, it matched. It matches whatever suit I put on. 
I don't have to ask nobody. I don't have to have nobody say it don't match. It's going to match. It don't matter what color suit, what color tie put on. Now, the rest of it may not match, but this white shirt's going to match. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so what we're trying to do, we're trying to match up to what the, what the groom wants. Them. Amen. I'm going to tell you what. Some of these, you know, oh, God, help me here. Hallelujah. Uh, uh, can, can I say this? Man, Lord, help me. Anyway, praise God. When you start, you know, ain't nobody in here dating, is it? I don't know. It maybe you are. Praise God. Maybe not. <laughs> anyway, but but if you are dating, you know, you're gonna start today. What you gonna do? You're gonna start. Hey, I want to know, but but I'll tell you something. Amen. If you if you start dating, you you know, you start trying to get serious with somebody, and all you do is bicker to fight, and you never agree on nothing, all this stuff. You know what? You know what I say. You know what? I think I'm gonna check out. I don't think it's the direction I need to go. The Bible said try it. And I, I tell you what, they, they don't feel backing out. But see, that's what you come here. I want to make sure I'm right with him. Amen. I don't really have a whole lot to say about this. I got to please him. He's the master. He's provided everything I needed. He can cover me. Amen. He's provided the food. He's provided the banquet. All I got to do is show up. And if I show up, amen, you know what? He'll instruct me. He'll move upon me. I'm telling you, there's something about the moving of the Holy Ghost. I want to see it in Bendale, Mississippi like never before. A power pouring out of the Holy Ghost. I want to want to walk in that door back there. All of a sudden, they begin to feel, hey, I feel something. What is that? Hey, that's drawing me. That's pulling me. I want to tell you something. Amen. 50 years ago, they wouldn't, those, those guys just wouldn't just come in on their own power and their own ability and fall on that old uh, that sawdust and come crawling up here all broken. No, there was a power of God that was where they had to assemble together. They had a power and a presence of God that drawed them into that place. Hallelujah. And that joy and love and peace that flowed out of that place. It's an exciting time to be living for God. I, I'm through. I know my time's up. And, and, but, but notice what he said about that. He saith unto him, friend, how comest thou in hither, not having a wedding garment? He was speechless. Then said the king, and you can stand, to the servants, bind him hand and foot. Take him away and cast him into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Watch this. For many are called. For many have been invited. I've sent out invitations. One group, I sent out two, two invitations. I went out in the highways and the byways, and I've been, I've been invited. From every direction, every corner, I've been invited. Invitation. Many have been called. But the Bible says, few are chosen. Few. Few. I want to be a part of that number this morning. I tell you what let's do. Why don't we just kind of just gather up. We're just going to take a moment. We're just going to pray. Because you know what? I want us as a church. As a body of believers. Hey, we believe this truth. There's no doubt in my heart this morning. And in your spirit. Uh, your passion. Your desire. You want to be a part of that number. You wouldn't bring. You wouldn't come. You wouldn't bring your children. Uh, you, you wouldn't invest. The time and the effort. But I want something to get a hold of us, get a hold of our hearts, get a hold of our minds, get a hold of our spirit. That every day you get up, your passion, not only just toward God, but God to be used of you. And make it a daily thing. 
make it. But we're excited about how many believe the coming of the Lord's it's at hand. And, and it's a time of so that excitement, I mean, mm, excitement about the coming of the Lord. Excitement. That's got to flow out of us. That's, uh, I mentioned this a few weeks ago about, and I'm not talking about, <laughs> some people said at the hardware store just this past week, something about dying or something. And, and I said, praise God, how do we got to get out of here? I don't know how I went over, but anyway. But, but that's, we got to kind of get that. We kind of got to get to that place of, of we're excited about it. To go be with him. And we're not trying to rush nothing. You can't do it anyway. Nobody knows the day or the hour. I want all to be saved. But I'm going to tell you something. You and I are not going to save very many people. Now look. Look. You know. Have you ever talked to those? That's, ever seen them little lovebirds get caught in love, man? And they just all the time you watch them. That's it. That dresses and, and the dates nearing. And, and you talk to, to them about it. And they're, they're excited. Mamas and daddies may not be. But them darlings excited about it, looking forward to the day. And from that moment, and from that hour, excited. And so that's what I'm talking about. That kind of excitement that, that other things hadn't slipped in or crept in. Other passions, desires. That, and I'm telling you, we're in a busy, we're, we're busy. Don't, don't tell me we're not. Man, we're in a busy world. And, and a lot of us run from the time we get up till we fall into bed. Now, all that business, well, I'll let you decide whether what is what line it falls in, okay? That, that's up to you. You make that decision. But but somehow through all of that, that, that they would realize that, you know what? We got an inheritance laid up for us. Now, I'm going to preach a little bit about this. There's an inheritance laid up. There's our reward. You go on and read, read some of that and some others. Our reward's not, it's not necessarily. Now, we have benefits and we're blessed here. But ours is in that moment, from that time, being transformed, the resurrection, and meeting him. Man, that banquet. Now, that's where it's going to be a celebration. That's what we're striving to be a part, but yet at the same time trying to persuade others to come join us. Come celebrate with us. Be a part of this. For that to flow out of us. You know, folks that want to walk in and they want to kind of downplay church. And, oh, you're, you're one of them? You better believe I am. I wouldn't be nothing else. You want them whole little Something else, what's the matter with you? You ain't never experienced it. I bet you they'll back up, walk out, or get in. It's all in your response. You can't be hesitant, can't be ashamed, can't be. Huh. I mean, hey, do we believe this is it? Do we believe what Joel prophesied? We feel them going all flesh. This is it. And so. We want to be that bride that's excited about the days approaching, the hours coming. To meet with our families and loved ones. How all that's going to work, 
There's different opinions, okay? But, but I just know that you and I want to be a part of it. We want to be caught up in it. And if God's help, we will do everything we can to invite any, everyone else that will trust in Jesus. So let's just pray. Ask God to help us. I, I want to be the most friendliest church, caring church in this community. But at the same time, we're going to hold on to this truth and this gospel. I'm not going to choose the ways of trying to use socialism to get it done. Not going to do it. Okay? This truth, this beautiful truth that you and I are part of, that we're part of, that we're called into. It's not a better life to live, folks. I'm telling you, this is the best life to live. If it wasn't a hell or a heaven, this is the best life to live. So that's what we want to flow out of us on a daily basis. Now, that's, that's going to take work. That's, you have to work at it. It's, you know, how many of you ever get up every morning, buddy, ready to go? You know, win a bunch of No more. Somebody say, <laughs> "Hallelujah!" And I understand that. I really do. And I know sometimes spiritually it's the same way. But let's work. Let's let's resist that. I'm gonna say that a spirit of depression in the spiritual realm has attacked our churches and saints of God. Life and the struggle of life and the challenge of life of this day. But we sung the song, His goodness. That goodness is with us in all times and all situations, both good and bad. For His goodness is going to get us out of here. So let's just pray. God, we want you to touch us, guide us, lead us, direct us. We pray that your hand and your voice and your presence that we have been baptized with. That our minds and hearts and souls have been moved upon by the graces of our God. We want to be your bride. We want to represent that invitation. We want to walk in the beauty and the power of it, God. Persuading others as they move upon our hearts. As you, you move and guide and direct us. As you give us opportunities, God. To invite others. To sow the good seed of the gospel. To walk in the beauty of your counsel. And the beauty of your love and power. We're praying for the giftings of the Holy Ghost. The giftings of the Spirit, God. To flow through this body of believers. Not just in our services. But out in the highways and the byways, God. To pray for others. To lift them up. Up, to be, give them words of instructions and guidance and hope. Love them with all the heart. Care for them in a manner and a way that they can feel the love of Christ. They can feel the hope that's in this house. They can feel the hope that's in this invitation, God. To come and be a part of this invitation. Amen. Come to take be a part of this banquet, God. That you have prepared to clothe us. You have provided our every need. You'll give us the strength, the energy, the wisdom, the knowledge, the skills, the talent, the ability to do it all. As we respond to 
to your call. God, we want to be not just among the number that's called, but we want to be among the number that are chosen. Chosen, God, in this end time. Amen. To run this race, to finish this course, to achieve the things that set before us as you anoint our minds and guide and direct us. Every man, woman, boy, and girl in this assembly this morning, the graces of God, the moving of the Holy Ghost, the powers of your compassion and grace, moving upon each vessel. Use us to be soul winners. Use us, God, to bear the light, to be the salt of the earth, and carry this good cottage, God, to each and every one that we possibly can as you anoint us and guide us in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Love you this morning. Appreciate you. Hopefully something's been said here today to be a blessing to you, encouraging to you. Let's pray to be used of God this end time. So take our days lightly. Let's use them for God. Use them for the kingdom of God. I know you're busy. I know you got obligations. But you and I both know the most important thing there is is the kingdom of God. Love you this morning. Appreciate you. God bless you.